This is Aspiring Altruists, the show where you'll hear the stories of young professionals in the nonprofit sector working to change the world. We'll dive into their backgrounds, hear about the work they do, and ultimately learn how they got to where they are and how you can do the same. With the nonprofit sector comprising one of the largest U.S. workforces by tackling the world's biggest problems across nine major categories, you may just hear something that could change your life, and through it, the lives of countless others. On this, the 20th episode of Aspiring Altruists, you'll hear from a young woman with a passion for working for animal welfare, Jessica Simpson. Jessica is a public policy specialist at the Humane Society of the United States. Her early career has taken her across the U.S., working as a park ranger in North Carolina for both a smaller humane society and an animal hospital in Colorado, to now working in the policy space here in D.C., Today, she'll share with us the importance of relationships and teamwork, the challenges that come from being in mission-focused work, and more. So, with that, let's hear from Jessica. So, Jessica, tell me about your role as a public policy specialist. Yeah, happy to do so. So, I work for an organization called the Humane Society of the United States. So, obviously, that's uh, animal welfare specific. And as a public policy specialist for them, I focus on companion animal issues. For me, that primarily means I'm working on breed specific legislation. So, laws and policies that uh, regulate uh, dogs specifically based solely on their breed or assumed breed. I've also been getting interested in pet-inclusive housing policies, so both at the subsidized and market rate level. I work on increasing access to veterinary care for underserved communities and regulations that affect shelters and rescues. Um, Also do uh, little things like uh, work on municipal animal control laws, which includes dangerous dogs and some greyhound racing, and really just any uh, issue that develops that's primarily dog-based, sometimes cat-based. And today, actually, I got a request about guinea pigs. So Hmm. um, it really varies all over. Yeah, I mean, there certainly, of course, are a lot of different types of animals, lots of different issues, lots of things to work on. So it makes sense that your work in that regard also in protecting them and working with them varies as well. Yeah. And I, my day-to-day is, is mostly a lot of reading, a lot of research. I do some strategy work and like creating educational materials and recommending policy positions on, on that kind of legislation. And so um, I have the opportunity to work with stakeholders in all types of um, sectors, which is, is really great. I, I found in my work that animal welfare really resonates with a lot of different people and uh, a lot of legislators really enjoy introducing feel-good policies that uh, protect pets in their in their communities. Hmm. Yeah, tell us all a little more about with your organization, the Humane Society there, maybe in a broader sense, anything you can about the mission, any kind of larger overall projects that you're working on? So the broader, the broader organization is we're one of the nation's largest and we like to think most effective animal protection organizations. Um, so we, and we're international as well. So we work in 50 countries. We're active in 50 countries and we really take on the kind of the bigger fights by big fights. I mean, we're working to fight the end of extreme confinement of farm animals, 
um, and trophy hunting worldwide banned the sale of animal-tested cosmetics in the biggest global beauty markets. A priority initiative for us is to stop puppy mills in the U.S. and the dog meat trade practice in, in countries where that exists and fur trapping around the world. And so all of that includes not only direct care work and rescue work, but also a lot of policy work, which is where I get to plug in. Yeah, I know you've talked about the work that you're doing. Like you've worked with animals for a long time. Look at your history working for an animal hospital, a different humane society, and even volunteering for a zoo. So for you, where did that passion for working with animals come from? I would say, and this is probably true for a lot of animal advocates, it started with childhood. I've always loved animals and uh, throughout my young adult teenage years was was trying to figure out how I could move that passion and interest into a career. And mm. I did that by trying a lot of different things. So I, I got to intern with um, the Norfolk Zoo in Virginia, and I got to work with bison and kangaroo. And hmm. it was really, really fun. Got to like something called a bongo, which was one of the world's largest antelopes. It's, it was a really fun place, but I found out biology isn't my strong suit in college. So I pivoted and um, started working for the National Park Service in what we call interpretive rangers. And that's the folks that get to do the guiding and the hikes. And I, I just loved that. You know, I wanted to pursue that for a while, but uh, unfortunately those are seasonal positions. So it's kind of mm-hmm. tough to make a career out of it unless it's or I guess it just takes a really long time. And there are a lot of really awesome people in that field that it, it's pretty competitive to get to the like really great parks, I'd say. So following that, I, I decided to go to um, Colorado and started working at an animal shelter. And, and there I saw some things I liked and some things I didn't like. And, and so I started pursuing other policy avenues. Yeah, I know with that, in terms of the the policy and kind of the, External relations, all that focus. You working for the Colorado House of Reps uh, as a field organizer, as a as a blogger for a local county there, studying communications. Why has that kind of focus, that external relations, that policy focus, been your desired role as it pertains to making an impact on the world? I think for me, like I had mentioned, I, I wasn't great in the hard sciences and really found a lot of interest in social movements. My degree in communication studies was a focus on rhetoric. um, And I just found, you know, social movements a very interesting um, thing to study. And although I guess I can sort of consider myself an activist in some sense, I'm definitely not the person that um, changed myself to the tree or (laughs) breaks into the the farm to free the goats, whatever. but I, I found that being an activist doesn't mean you have to be exclusively kind of on the front lines. And where I excel is, is more the back behind the scenes pieces. So like I mentioned in Colorado, my, my time there, I was working for a shelter and some of the policies just felt so backwards and I really didn't like it. And so I started asking questions and found out essentially it's just the law. And that was kind of where it ended. And, and that's why I started working in the policy realm with the um, Colorado House of Representatives and then moved to the DC area where I am now because I grew up here and I knew this is a hub for policy. So I thought, right. 
what better area to start in. Huh. Well, throughout your career here, obviously you've done a lot of different things and you were describing moving from the hard sciences to the policy and the different areas, not wanting to be total uh, on the ground advocates that you were describing of, of freeing the animals from the farm kind of deal. But across, <laughs> your, across your career and all the variety of things that you've done, what has been, would you say, is the biggest thing that you've learned from your career thus far? I would say the some of the biggest things I've I've learned have been the importance of like collaboration and teamwork with with the animal welfare policy work. I you know you have to work with, and I'm sure this is similar in, in a lot of other sectors as well. But you have to work with people who are both kind of on your side, and there are a lot of people who don't want to see those kinds of changes because it infringes on you know their keeping of their pets, and so being able to toe that line and not stay on the fringes of the movement, which is in part why I love um, HSUS so much, because I think we, we fall more in the middle um, and are, are respected in that sense and, and why legislators and other stakeholders are willing to talk to us because sometimes animal advocates get a bit of a reputation <laughs> um, for being out there and wanting, wanting the extremes. And I, I don't feel that way. And, as an employee of HSUS, and I, I certainly don't feel that way about a lot of the colleagues and people that I've met over the over my years. So I, I really thrive in a space where I can work with others and and get to talk to lots of different people and hear their perspectives. Yeah, and I guess with that, you're kind of describing what sounds like your your favorite parts that that teamwork and all those kind of working together to make things happen sounds like that's some of your maybe favorite parts of the various work that you're doing. What on the flip side of that is you're describing not being an extremist, not being a, an out there kind of front lines advocate, but what have been maybe more the challenging aspects of your career? Yeah, I, I would say the most challenging parts is, and I think this resonates with anyone who's in a mission driven organization is that work-life balance Sometimes you can burn out pretty easily with just um, your desire to get things over the finish line. And especially um, I found working from home, you just can, you know, burn that midnight oil pretty easily. So I think the most most challenging things is just balancing life and work and trying to not let the two completely bleed into one another. And, And when you're passionate about an issue, I think it can be kind of mentally exhausting to work on something like that, especially if others find it kind of uh, trivial or inconsequential. You want to, there's so many important issues out there in the world that uh, affect lives that it, it can be, it can be tough to, to stay, to want to try and stay in your lane and get your point across. Yeah. And I, and I also say that I'm, I'm very invested in like the breed specific legislation issue. That's where I got my dog from. She's a little pit bull mix. And that's a highly emotional subject I found from people all over the country. And, and really, it extends beyond America, that issue. And so I've had to learn how to find victory in small, like incremental changes and hope that eventually, county by county, state by state, we're able to see a change where where the good of all dogs is respected and and loved. Hmm. Well, I guess you're describing there kind of some of the 
challenging aspects as well as the work you're doing in regards to policy and areas that you want to be pursuing. If there were someone out there who also likes working with animals, wants to protect them, wants to perhaps work for the Humane Society such as yourself, what advice would you give them uh, pursuing a similar path as yours? One of the most effective things I've found and what I would encourage any anybody breaking into a, a new sector or just as interested in something is to pursue internships. They have been super helpful in my career and I think really give you a unique opportunity to step into a role that you probably wouldn't achieve as an entry-level person be able, or be able to obtain as an entry-level uh, employee. And you get to learn so much about the different types of career paths that you could explore. Um, they help you make great connections and network with people in the field and potentially show you other avenues of ways to achieve the same kind of work. Like I said, with the zoo, very different than what I'm doing now, but still animal related. Same with the park service. It was a really fun way to learn about all the different ways I could engage in the space. And although, you know, working in animal welfare, it's, it's good to have animal welfare experience. I wouldn't underestimate the experience that you can gain, like, especially in the policy where I'm working with state legislators or local council members, possible getting an internship on the Hill, those kinds of things help you build pretty important skill sets like project management and, you know, doing relationship building. And, you know, I found data analysis is really helpful in in this space. And I uh, am excited to learn more about how to use that type of information. Hmm. Yeah, you were describing there the different things people should be looking for in terms of internships and the ways that helps build skills and different things they should be studying. What would you say for you have been three either people or resources that have been influential to you in your career and describe the impact they've had? Uh, right off the bat, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like LinkedIn, when I obviously that's a resource that a lot of people use and a great way to network with folks that are outside of your bubble. I also had the opportunity to, one of my previous bosses was really into the strengths finder and um, she, she had everyone on our team do that. And it, it taught me uh, like what my strengths were that I hadn't initially considered and has helped like guide me in my career path on, on the types of work that I'd be interested in, in doing. So those are, so those are kind of like ones I think a lot of people are aware of, but otherwise I would just say, you know, looking in your region for, for groups or networking opportunities. There's in DC, there's a group that I joined called women in government relations. And it, it is what it sounds like. They help help women that are in this field learn more, more about ways to network. And they offer lots of different educational and informational sessions and things like that. And I think those connections that I've built there have been really interesting and it, and it showed me other pathways too for, you know, the future. Yeah, I know. Definitely. Of course, the first one you were mentioning there, like LinkedIn, that's actually how uh, we we originally got connected. I was searching across for different people across different areas of the nonprofit sector, trying to see what kinds of other organizations are out there. And so, yeah, LinkedIn is definitely a powerful tool as well as, as well as the others you've been mentioning here. Yeah. And I, and I would say not, I don't have like one person in particular who has been helpful overall, but I've had lots of different people. Like mm. I think, 
it's just built over time, nailing, making friends and then, you know, reaching out when you need assistance. So they've, you know, helped me introduce me to like new concepts or ideas and help shape my interests. And I, I think really led me to where I am today. So, you know, whether it's, it's just informational interviews um, or people that have, you know, taken a chance on me because they know my work ethic or just have, have supported me in one way or another. And, and as unfortunate as it is, often I found that these chances are based on the people you know. So it really, mm. you can't undersell the, the importance of networking and making connections with, with people in all sorts of sectors. Because I, I think there's so many well-educated, talented people, in, especially in the D.C. region, that putting yourself out there and getting to know people and becoming friendly with folks really can help advance you. Yeah, certainly key aspect of, of building a career, like you said, especially here in this DC area. Beyond that, there's a question that I asked all of my guests here on the show, which is that if there were one thing you could tell our listeners about either work or life or anything else you'd like to share, what would that one thing be? I would say maybe just kind of start early. Um, hmm. I wish I had had even more time as, as an undergraduate in high school, the latter part of high school, um, doing more volunteer work, taking on more internships instead of only having fun, I guess. <laughs> but also be sure to carve time out for yourself to enjoy life. But I'd say try different things, like doing the volunteer work, doing the internships in different places really can help set you up because I, I, I experienced this in college and I am sure a lot of people do like not knowing exactly what you wanted going into it. And mm. I think if I had done a little of that work ahead of getting there, that would have helped me like substantially in, in choosing where I wanted to go and what I wanted to study. And although I, I got here, I went the long route. I went the scenic route. <laughs> yeah, that is the case for, of course, many people in the career. And it's interesting how it seems to be often the case in the nonprofit sector where people are often mission oriented and have various different causes that they care about. And it's just a matter of trying mm -hmm. to figure out whether that's something they can, first of all, turn into a career and what's the best avenue for them, as you were describing earlier, maybe not being in the hard sciences, that kind of aspect, but focusing more on the policy or other areas, trying to figure out mm -hmm. where is your best fit as you go along and just know that it's a journey. <laughs> it's not always a straight line. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, uh, that's just about all that I've got for you here today. But where can our listeners connect with you if they'd like to hear more about your story and the work that you're doing? Yeah, I would recommend reaching out You know, through LinkedIn. Um, my name is Jessica Simpson, <laughs> spelled the traditional way, I guess. If you have trouble finding me, you know, add the uh, Humane Society of the United States. I'll also... Uh, offer my email address, which is J Simpson, J S I M P S O N, sorry, uh, at humanesociety.org. Well, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, I will share with everybody here in regards to reaching out. Make sure if you're reaching out to our guests to include a note, especially on LinkedIn, as to why it is you're looking to connect. And as always, I will share a link to both. Jessica's LinkedIn, as well as her email down in the show notes for easy access there. And with that, yeah, thanks again for taking the time to come on the show today for sharing your story. 
It's great chatting. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to today's show. Hopefully you learned something new about the work happening in the nonprofit sector and were inspired to get involved. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a review wherever you're listening from. If you want to learn more about today's guest, how you can contact them and explore the organization they work for, check out the show notes. That'll do it for this episode. Come back next time to hear from yet another aspiring altruist.